0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Titans of Customer Engagement podcast. Today, we're joined by Matthew Cowan. Matthew is the community and knowledge manager for Logarithm, a leading cybersecurity software company. His recent work is focused on marrying community function and experience through a series of projects aimed at streamlining customer enablement. Matthew, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Really looking forward to our conversation. And to that end, before we dive in, I've got hopefully the most critical question for everyone here today. Talk to us a little bit about what you've been watching over the past 12 months. Give us a recommendation.
1: I've really been enjoying a show on Hulu called Reservation Dogs. It's about a gang of, you know, like the classic uh, set of misfit ragamuffin teens um, trying to negotiate life and find find a better future for themselves. It's really funny. It's got this sort of surreal thread that's spun through it and uh, really
0: recommend it. I've really been wanting to watch that one. I feel like, is Taika Waititi involved in that show in some capacity? I feel like that's what I've got in my head.
1: He is. He's either a producer or writer or both, but um, it's definitely got that kind of Waititi flair to it.
0: Yeah, cool. I will have to give that one a go. It's been on my list for a while now. Well, excellent. Uh, What I was really hoping we'd have an opportunity to talk through today is in some of the conversations that you and I have had ahead of our conversation today You've talked to me a little bit about the fact that logarithms in process of relaunching a community that you've had up for a while. Maybe to kick us off, you could talk to us a little bit about what prompted that relaunch, what was going on in the community that you thought, you know what, we might want to think about revisiting this more holistically.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is customer feedback. That's always what we center at logarithm. Um, so we would look at analytic surveys, value analytic surveys, any sort of direct correspondence. Um, we have a pretty close relationship with our customer success managers. So, of course, you know, anytime they would relay something from a customer, we take it into account. And in looking at that feedback, we realized that a lot of the initiatives that we had planned around engagement and um, content curation, things like that, really kind of hinged on improving some functionality of the community Um, Mm. This was, you know, a a community is set up, it's built out, and then over time it will be um, reassessed and we're just in that stage, right? Where we're looking at what's currently up and thinking, okay, how can we consolidate certain areas to make them more streamlined? Uh, How can we build out this community so content is more connected to each other, improve our search engine, things like that? Um, as a cybersecurity company, obviously, our customers are professional analysts and investigators. So it is their job, uh, nine to five plus, to look for information and access it and then, you know, use it to their needs. So really making sure that our, custom, that our community reflects that customer need of, you know, really airtight searching uh, an organization.
0: I love that. And, and I love that the very grounding for your conversation was through direct customer feedback. And, and I think implicit in what you just ran through was sort of this recognition of community is by definition, not a static object, right? And I realized that for many organizations, that's a hard notion to overcome. We're so used to like launching a project and then moving on to the next one. I think it's really great that y'all have been thinking about how do we continue growing that over time, incorporating some of that direct feedback. I I know as part of that process, sometimes the notion of building out a roadmap and relaunching is one of those quintessential, easier said than done topics, only bolstered by the fact that I know your team is is small but mighty, right? And so how have you all been thinking through that balancing act of how do we go through a relaunch while also recognizing the community's still up today and we've got to keep the lights on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, really been the brunt of what makes this project tricky to accomplish is that we have to keep the lights on and we have to continue serving in our function, but there are some, you know, really critical improvements that we want to accomplish. So how do we balance that? I think the first step was really understanding what our daily operations were. Uh, So we developed a calendar for that so our team could sort of, without fail, without having to put any thought to it, just know every day... I have these, this certain amount of time that's dedicated to these tasks. So we broke that down between daily, weekly, monthly operations. These can be as small as just acknowledging that moderation must take place to um, larger scale things such as our metrics reporting that we um, send off and discuss with the higher-ups. So really getting those down and then saying, okay, you know, in the world of this project in what we're looking at and the improvements we want to make, What is an operational change versus what is um, like an infrastructural and organizational change versus what is just an improvement of something that exists. We really tried to coalesce those into a true project plan. Um, I'm really a strong believer in project management as a discipline and I don't think we would be able to accomplish this without a lot of specificity in how we uh, document and report on our progress. So in doing that, you know, we're able to now say, okay, we have these things, we have this whole chunk of time of the day, right? Our mornings are pretty booked, so we can dedicate our afternoons to the project. And then and in that way, all these ad hoc things that come up, which is the nature of community, the constant communication <laughs> with customers or other employees who are curious about something or, um, you know, want to relay accurate information, we kind of can say, all right, we, we have a certain amount of bandwidth here that we can work with, which really informs what we take on.
0: I love that idea. I mean, I feel like one of the things that communities often struggle with, which I think is is part of what you just described there, is this notion of like tyranny of the now, right? It's like because community is this always on source of communication for customers, it's easy to just kind of take a back seat, right, and let that dictate your day to day schedule. So I love this notion that I think is taking hold in the community space writ large around project management as a discipline, as you described it such a fundamental rethinking of how community might work. Could you talk to me a little bit about how that influences how you all deliberate on what to take on versus what to leave behind? I think the other truism in community is that no one's got a shortage of good ideas, right? It's how do I figure out what the best idea, most worthy of my team's time could be?
1: Absolutely. And I think to add on to that, I think another component is what's the best version of this idea. Like it's easy to discuss mm. like, oh, we could add this component, we could do this. Yeah. Um, but you want to make sure that you're doing a good, valuable version of it and not making just an arbitrary move that um, <laughs> will we'll put something on the web page, but ultimately not add a lot of value. So I think off the bat, one thing that we do when in the middle of this project is we really vet those ad hoc requests. So if someone comes to us from an internal party comes to us and says, Hey, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. Instead of just saying, yes, we have to kind of step back and say, all right. So, you know, is is this a one-time thing? Is this a new process you're proposing? Is this a new section of the community you're proposing? If it's the latter two of those, uh, we have to do some vetting in terms of, all right, what's, who's managing it? What's the maintenance regime? What are the expected cadences and outcomes? All of those types of questions mm-hmm. um, we now apply instead of just you know, getting a little more information and going for it. I think also, you know, in terms of the broader project, some things we can't move on immediately. Some of those, and when we made the project plan, we were able to identify some dependencies. So there's a sort of set order of op- operations for some of these moves. Uh, we can't do uh, you know, Y before X, things like that. Um, So what we do, we try and always make progress on those sort of longer paths in the project. And in addition to that, we try and do some sort of incremental change once a month. So like last month we deployed new ranks because those ranks, we didn't have any dependencies there. So it was just a matter of ideating, spending some time brainstorming, uh, looking at how they could fit in with like our our larger branding scheme, Badges we have, things like that. And then just moving forward with it. Um, so it's a balance, right? It's a balance of wanting to deliver uh, over time while also accomplishing you know, the big picture goal, not getting so lost in the individual uh, components.
0: And I'm really curious, as you go through that process of kind of striking the balance between what's going to take us a little bit of time but have a big impact versus what are some of those quick wins, no dependencies that we can kind of roll out and you know, plant our flag in the ground, how transparent are you with other internal stakeholders around, hey, this kind of falls into the latter camp, right? If we can do this very quickly, but it's relatively modest in terms of impact versus great idea it's going to take us a couple months right, to get to that.
1: Sure, yeah, I think one huge lesson that I've learned is not being so over eager that you kind of um, uh, give yourself too short a deadline. That's yeah. full transparency there. I think <laughs> oftentimes when I hear a great idea and it's something that I've also had, I'm like, yes, let's prioritize this, let's get moving. Um, but having enough restraint to say, uh, yes, we can add this to the backlog. I can give you an estimate as to when we would start and an estimate as to how long it would take. But until I really get in there and have started planning it and executing it, I cannot guarantee an end date. I think that is a tough thing to say out loud, Um, especially if someone's a superior or um, a member of another department that you really, really want to align with. But I also think there's a lot of respectability and just being honest about that. It goes back to the small team thing, right? Like our our organizations are aware that we're a small team. So I think they're a lot more respectful and accommodating than uh, I am not i don't want to say gave them credit for because i really like my organization <laughs> sure. a lot but also, you know you want to you want to do a really good job so
0: um. absolutely i mean we are all our own harshest critics right, right. and i think that recognition <laughs> of the fact that hey these are human beings i'm working with that recognize a limited bandwidth right goes a long ways right to, to like pragmatically rolling this stuff out i'm i'm sort of curious too we, we've talked a little bit about how you've been managing that distinction with internal stakeholders One of the trickiest parts of community is that you're sort of in a bi-directional role, right? You've got to tell that story internally, but also to your community. Have you been doing something similar in terms of communication with your community members? Hey, we've got a big initiative coming, peppered with a couple of smaller rollouts.
1: So we have made some announcements um, that there are changes taking place. Some of what we're doing is... uh, you know, we're using specific messaging because, again, we don't want to cast such a clear picture when some of these moves. We have to perform some research tasks to know specifically yeah. what they'll yeah. look like, right? So we don't want to kind of oversell um, a plan that's in progress. But one thing that we've had success on, and, you know, again, speaking back to our audience, this would be different for all communities. Uh, but our audience is cybersecurity professionals. When I when I think of cybersecurity professionals, professionals I think of very analytic, very... Um, uh, decisive, cautious people, people who really want to, you know, investigate things, know the full reason. This is again, their job. So there are certain things in the community that I really thought probably wouldn't make a huge impact that I've been surprised about. One of those was like I mentioned the new ranks. Um, yeah. when we were, I run a, a focus group about the community, a community, community of practice, C squared is what we call it. Um, so we, when we were ideating these new rank names, I met with them and I shared them with them. And then we were talking and we were like, okay, so this is fun. You know, ultimately the language is great. It works with the logarithm brand. It's not so specific that, you know, there's any real outcome of it. It's just a fun ranking engagement scheme. So why don't we leave some of this up to the community? So I created a, a poll in the community. I, I just said, all right, here's the new ranks. Uh, we know what the top ranks gonna be, but we're deciding on spots two and three, the silver and bronze, right? So cast your vote between these options, and um, the winner gets on the podium in second place, the loser gets third (laughs) place. I expected nothing to come out of that, and the poll was fine, but um, I think it was, if nothing else, a great way to advertise the upcoming rank changes, because once we deployed those ranks, we got a lot of great feedback, and we saw a lot Mm. of people who were probably maybe a peg lower than they had hoped to be really... um, really work to climb those ranks and i got some dms about uh do you have any tips things like that so um, (laughs) i was surprised by that you know i didn't think it would be that impactful and it was so um you know if 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 you're working through your projects and you see something like that like oh this is a great little piece that we can kind of get out of the way um if it's at all related to engagement don't underestimate it because you may be surprised
0: well, and I think what's so cool about what you just described is it's not only that you get to involve the community directly in that process, which is fantastic in and of itself, but what a cool opportunity for people to sort of like raise their hands implicitly, mm-hmm. right? And say, hey, I'm interested in this space. Like by virtue of voting, I'm sort of expressing that to you directly saying, I care about this. It's such a cool way of thinking about how can we find some of those people even? Exactly.
1: And then, you know, if you keep track of those people, it's a really easy way. You know, I mentioned direct outreach earlier. We're at a phase now where we're thinking about some some different components of the community. And so I want to I wanna have that customer feedback. So our power users, those people who are invested, regardless of rank, regardless if they've been a member for, you know, three months or two years, that to me is less consequential than they're here now using it now. Um, so it's pretty easy to just, you know, scan through the posts that I've made and the votes and things like that and say, hey, now I have a list of however many people that I can shoot emails to, invite to events, invite to workshops, things like that.
0: Well, I'm going back to a notion that you mentioned a few minutes back about running kind of a focus group specific to community. I can recall a statistic, I think it was the 2021 State of Community Management Report that Community Roundtable does, That said 17%, if I'm remembering correctly, of communities use their community for market research, user feedback in that kind of direct way. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about what you're describing is it feels like you've sort of recognized, hey, community does a lot of things. But on top of everything else, it's this constantly on feedback engine, right? And so why not tap into that, figure out how to involve those folks more into that process? And so I am curious, as you've been going through that process, how has member reaction been so far? It sounded like they were really positive with respect to some of the rank changes that you've rolled out. How about everything else? Have there been any kind of surprising developments where you've kind of gone back to the drawing board with the team, given community feedback?
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, in the spirit of transparency, we're one of the communities missing that aspect. The focus group I run is for our internal audience, so other employees of the organization. But uh, we do have other uh, other processes in place to get feedback from uh, our customers about our products and stuff. And we're also those are also aspects that we're hoping to strengthen in the project, in, in the relaunch, in the community relaunch. So, um, you know, it's one of those things I think. In speaking to the focus group, we're currently prioritizing the internal audience because part of what we're doing is trying to kind of rebuild the community presence within our organization as well, not just our customers. So, uh, this community of practice has been going on for almost a year exactly, actually. We're approaching the anniversary, but um, it's been really successful. You know, as with a lot of the kind of extracurricular work activities, it's something that people show up to when they can or when they have that idea. So even just keeping track of that, like, is there a seasonality? I'm, I'm a big pattern person. So um, that's the type of thing I also am starting to relay in terms of my reporting to the other folks. Like, these are the patterns, these are those temporal patterns we're seeing on the community, what seasons are, um, have a lot of buzz, what are our quiet months, things like that. So using the community of practice to, to get a read into my own internal organizations cadences has been useful as well. Like, you know, obviously end of the quarter is gonna be a pretty quiet meeting because people are yeah, pretty <laughs> So I probably shouldn't share major uh, announcements or really hinge like a critical discussion during those meetings.
0: Um, Well, what's so fascinating about that is is while internally minded to begin with, at least, I think one of the things that I really liked about the way you talked about your role in the organization at the very beginning of our conversation was part of the work that you're doing is focused around marrying community with broader customer experience. And an implicit part of customer experience is the bandwidth and resources of internal folks to respond to some of these things, right? So I can totally see how, even with the internally focused community of practice that you've got internally, knowing that end of quarters around the corner might change when you position things publicly in the community to customers, knowing folks' bandwidth is constrained to respond, react, all of those sorts of things. So I can see where it still pays dividends, even on that external side for y'all.
1: Exactly. And I think it's something that, you know, the goal is eventually to, to once we get this project behind us, move into a more formal um, focus group or community practice with our customers as well. For now, I think what we're doing is having more less, less sort of... Um, formally cadenced meetings right Mm -hmm. so just sort of like Mm -hmm. ad hoc as something comes up i'll reach out to people and invite them to either just share their feedback via email or direct message or join a meeting things like that so those operations are definitely in place just not with like a formal
0: title yeah absolutely that makes sense i mean it sounds like an implicit way that you all do business as an incorporation of that feedback throughout the process and I think we talked a little bit about this around the ranks specifically, and uh, in, in terms of member reaction, how about more holistically, as you all have been kind of moving through the process, member reaction so far been pretty, pretty positive, anything that's been surprising to y'all?
1: It's been positive, you know, like I said, some of just in in when we talk about this on the community, when I make an announcement post, or post a, a poll or try and get other feedback just seeing which people are showing up is really interesting and how many people are showing up is really interesting but overall i think you know it's a pretty introverted crowd right security analysts <laughs> not, not the most bubbly people which is fine and great it makes them very good at their job um so i think just understanding that you know The feedback that I get, I should value, and I shouldn't be so hungry that I'm actually kind of turning people off from the community by like, you know, nudging them over and over and over again. Um, This is another thing, you know, anything that I get from them, any reaction that I get from them is also completely optional in their day and completely voluntary. Um, So I'm gracious for what I get. I try and position all my messaging around that, and then just meeting people where they are and having them participate as much as they can. So overall, it's been very positive. And I'm excited, I think there is, I'm seeing some signs now in terms of our usage, our user behaviors, that I'm very optimistic about the outcomes of this.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I'm excited to see what y'all come up with on the other side of this project, kind of soup to nuts. And with that in mind, maybe I'll I'll kind of close us out with two more questions. uh, The first of which being any kind of key takeaways that you'd recommend to any organizations that maybe are listening, that are thinking about revamping or relaunching their community?
1: I think really empathizing with how your customers use the community and why they use the community should drive your decisions and your plans. Um, You know, we have there's a level of urgency in cybersecurity that may not be present that may not be present in other communities. So we want to focus our efforts around getting people things that are thorough, uh, and we want to get them those things very quickly. Um, so we can look at you know, the number of pages people visit for a website. Mm-hmm. That's a metric that we can try and improve on. We can look at the time people are spending on pages and try and design content to improve that. Um, and we can also empathize that any behavior that we're seeing is only coming from the perspective of usability. So there's nothing personal about any feedback we get. It's just a person relaying their experience. Um, so really, really you know, maintaining that focus on the customer experience And then also being diligent about a project plan. If it's, if you're undertaking something that has a lot of components to it, or a lot of steps, or, you know, it's gonna take quite a long time, be really wise about how you organize your work and how you sequence your work. You know, I think for us, again, from our perspective, our customers, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is it wise to wait until everything's completely done and then relaunch all at once? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the adjustment period there for these people who, again, have pretty urgent information needs versus do I sequence things and incrementally make these changes so people can adjust and then have three or four weeks before another change happens? Um, And you know, we won't have the luxury of absolutely everything being incremental. Some of them will be pretty big changes, but I think, again, thinking from their perspective, it's probably better to do it over time so they're not overwhelmed than to, um, you know, do it all at once. So I think those types of perspectives are really important and can inform how you, how you build out your plans.
0: Absolutely, and I think one of the consistent themes I've heard in all of your responses is really placing that member experience front and center of planning, programming, operationalizing all of the different initiatives that you've got going. And with that in mind, I'm going to ask a question that flies directly in the face of what you just said, which is what's next in community for logarithm. And I think the reason I say it flies directly in the face is so much of what you've said is we've got to see how folks react right before we know what's on the horizon. <laughs> so I realized that may be part of it. What are some of the ideas you've got bouncing around in your head though? Sure, yeah, I think, you know, with
1: the grain of salt being, we'll see what the feedback <laughs> yes, is, yes. but um, I think, Probably one thing that I'm personally really interested is experimenting with some content types. Um, So seeing what we can start embedding in posts, um, multimedia slides, things like that, kind of like having it be a true bite-sized learning opportunity, that's one content type. There's also like, of course, the the discussion boards, things like that, but I think that's something I'm particularly interested in because I think it can help position the community both as a part of the customer journey in terms of marketing, that continued marketing presence and also the continued learning presence. Um, We sell tools, we sell software that people Mm -hmm. have to use. So making sure that we're integrated with other learning initiatives. Uh, We also wanna make sure that we're inspiring some customer loyalty by genuinely answering um, the more like high level thought leadership strategic questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would say that's something that I'm interested in and seeing how it can fit into our, our
0: broader plans. Well, fantastic. I'm excited to see where y'all land on the other side of this initiative and super excited to hear about the results. Matthew, thank you so much for your time today. It is hugely appreciated.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Coros Atlas at community.coros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect and Kouros can help. Kouros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience from outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat and SMS to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer-first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at Coros.com.